Welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. This week, I've got a special guest with us, Travis Axie, co-founder of the Generation Axie Guild. My name is Ryan Hebert, alongside Jacob Schrader, and uh, let's get this thing going. Travis, how are you doing today? I'm feeling great. Feeling great. Well, it's great to have you here, man, and thank you so much for coming on. We really, really love having people on every single week. It's what we do here, and uh, it just it mixes up the everyday flow of what we do at Zen Sports and for Zen Sportsia, our upcoming NFT drop. But before we go any further, Jacob, let's talk about our sponsors for just a quick moment. Of course. So our sponsor for today's podcast is EMP Money. You all have maybe heard me talk about EMP money before, but it's a crypto staking platform on the Binance Smart Chain, right? And the EMP token is pegged to the price of Ethereum at a 4,000 to one ratio, meaning you get, you know, kind of high yield, high risk in a sense exposure, um, but you're also connected to Ethereum, which is a great cryptocurrency to be attached and pegged to. Uh, the platform is actually doing tremendously, like as well as it could possibly be. So those of you who have joined from listening to these episodes, you know, thank you. Uh, right now we're above peg. The peg is sitting at about 1.08. Uh, so as long as it's above 1.01, everything is printing, everything is set. The boardroom APR is currently out of this world. Uh, the detonator contract is going steady as it is supposed to do. So if you want to learn more about crypto staking, learn more about EMP money in a, a cool and gamified way to kind of, you know, take your money, put it in a safe place and watch it grow, uh, you can check out EMP money. I will link them in the theta chat. Thank you so much, Jacob. Now let's dive into it here in the first part that I like to call scratching the surface. At the very tip of the iceberg, Travis, we like to look at the 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 lighter things in life. Give us a little bit of your background. When did you first get into crypto? And by relation, when did you first get into Axie Infinity? Um, let's see. Um, I wasn't super early to crypto. I would say I got into crypto in 2020, okay. um, kind of around the uh, the dump, the big dump of Bitcoin. And, you know, I was always interested in, in stocks, but never, never really got into them. And um, uh, where I was living at the time, the uh, the apartment building just came out with a Bitcoin ATM uh, in, the, in the in the on the ground floor. And I thought, well, to pull out an ATM and this was in Switzerland. So I'm like, to pull something out like this in Switzerland. There's got to be a lot of things going on in the background. So I got to figure that out. So I started researching some crypto, started buying my first Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, and then kind of just, yeah, kind of rode that, you know, some of the hype of the altcoins, the projects that were popping up, seeking some of those airdrops at the times and token launches. And then um, eventually later that year in um, it's September, so about September 2020, uh, I found Axie Infinity. Started playing it, loved it. First, th first thoughts were like, "Hey, let me get a quick ROI. Let me get my money back for my axes." But ended up just buying more axes and stuff <laughs> while I was playing. So, uh, playing that and a whole bunch of other games, but axe really stuck to me, and and it's kind of been uh, been playing ever since. Wow, what a start! It's funny you mentioned the uh, the Bitcoin ATM. So every Tuesday, Travis, we host a news news uh, section of this podcast, and we actually were talking about how. 
uh, in New York, someone was doing like a social experiment by creating a NFT vending machine. And I, you know, going back, I remember Jacob's take on it was this is just a fad. This is crap. Like, this isn't good. And then I just hear you go, yeah, they actually put a Bitcoin uh, machine in the bottom of my apartment. And all I can think back to is Jacob thinking, man, what a bullshit idea. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. Yeah, I saw Travis's reaction to the NFT vending machine. I think you have kind of a similar sentiment. <laughs> I, I think the the ATMs are a little bit more feasible because mm-hmm. you can exchange for cash kind of on the spot. Yeah. Um, but the vending machine to me is 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 absolutely ludicrous. I'd be very curious how they how they set that all up. Oh, uh, and even, even even for the Bitcoin ATM, I was like, I think there was one one friend I had on my Instagram that was talking Bitcoin. I'll ask him if if this is a real thing or not, and then kind of you know went on from there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little skeptical. I mean, listen, if you can't track back to who it's going to, I mean, it, it, it goes back to do your own research, folks. Like, don't send your money somewhere you don't want it to go unless you know right. it's actually going to the source you want it to, right? Otherwise, it's just going to be a rug pull or you're going to have your money stolen from you, that sort of thing. It is it is basic knowledge of life, not just the crypto or NFT space. Right. It's don't get ripped off by sending your money to some prince in a foreign country or even within the United States. Okay. <laughs> because first of all, if there's a prince in the U S uh, I, I don't, you know, unless it's Prince yeah, who's passed yeah. away, uh, I'd be very skeptical. Okay. Very skeptical, but great. Travis, you gave us a great intro here uh, into your, into your, uh, you know, early crypto life, which it's very interesting to see as a co-founder of a guild, to only have gotten started up in 2020 where, you know, I know Axie's kind of been blowing up in the past year as well. So this kind of goes into our deeper dive now. How does one decide to become a guild co-founder? Because to me, that sounds pretty daunting. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question. And it's actually it's actually quite a task, uh, more than, than, than most people would imagine, more than I, I guess I would have imagined uh, when we started. Um, I... To speak from my experience, I'm lucky to have a co-founder as well. Uh, his name is also Ryan, uh, and uh, he's been my best friend since since I was three. He was actually the first friend I made when I came to Canada. Um, so we've been best friends. We've been gaming since we were kids, and so we took on the task together. And to be able to split some of the work with with someone that you're really close to and that you can trust definitely helps because. It's a lot of managing. It's a lot of, uh, yeah, it's a lot of different skills that are needed to, to really run a guild uh, successfully, at least. So if, you, if you're up for the task, if you have the time, if you have the passion for it, then, then definitely go for it. But just, yeah, just be aware that it, you're going to have to learn some things that maybe you didn't think you would need to or, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. So how did you and, you know, it sounds like you and Ryan were friends from, you know, the beginning was he into Axie too at the time? Was he kind of influential in your decision to join? Uh, what was the process like for you know when you guys found Axie? Mm-hmm. You know, started playing. You like the game. You realize you're not in it for the ROI. When did you kind of have the realization that we want to build a community around this? We want to do it together. And you know, bam, you 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 have turned your build into something really special. But how did it get going? Right. Um, at first, I, I was first to find Axie. I think I was just maybe two or three weeks before Ryan. He kind of, what we were doing is we were bouncing ideas off each other all the time from crypto. If he found a token, I found a token. We'd test it out. If it's good, we'd share it. So I found Axie. I told him about it. So he's like, all right, go test it out. And if, if it's good, I'll join. So he joined about three weeks after me. 
And after we both were playing, we're like, well, we could give this, we could show this to our friends or we can have our friend. Like we were also already thinking of the scholarship model um, since we're like, it's very doable. And like at the time I was playing basketball, um, we have like long bus rides, you know, to our games. And so playing Axie or playing something is, is very feasible for a lot of my teammates. So we were already thinking how we could get that to work. Um, but at the time it was on Ethereum, like uh, the whole game was on Ethereum. So everything was a gas fee, breeding an Axie, hatching an egg, sending Axies. And so we were like, can we do something like this? We we're just kind of on the fence. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, it wasn't until we our Axie Infinity migrated to the Ronin network, where it's basically free transactions uh, that we're like, hey, you know what? That idea that we had three, four months ago, you know, do you want to do you want to make it work? Uh, and then, uh, yeah, then we went we went for it. That's awesome. So, you know, talking about scholarships, yeah. right, I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that and kind of dive in a little deeper because, you know, in, in some games, they don't have scholarships, they have card renting, mm -hmm. right? Um, but right now, the, the scholarship system in Axie is still slightly centralized, right? You're still sharing passwords, you do own the wallet, right? You know, is, is that a concern for you? One, uh, is there any ways you can see Axie doing a better job creating kind of a more scalable and more decentralized way to manage kind of the scholarship program? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, at least I really, really hope so. Um, but from the spaces I've joined and the talks that I've heard from some of the Sky Mavis employees, they are definitely moving in that direction. Um, I know there was quite a hype, and the game's still doing pretty well, of a game called Pegaxi. And they had a very they had a rental system. It's a horse racing game, but you can rent out to a renter and then you could kind of leave it, right? So no passwords needed, fee split and share is already built into the contract. And a lot of people in the Axie community play that game. And we're also wondering why isn't Axie like this, right? And in some of the spaces, there was there's a, a, a lady, I can't remember her name, from the Sky Mavis team that says that they want to implement something like that. But they want to even push it one step further. They don't want it to be just a single rent, you know, an Axie for whatever it earns, because they said in the future, you'll be able to earn multiple things. So they almost want to make a tool for the user to create their own kind of contracts with people. I don't know, I'm, this is just speculation, but let's say your Axie can farm wood and SLP and you know lumber and ore, then maybe you can set up that, you know it's a 50-50 split on ore, a 20-70 split on, or 20-80 split on lumber. And so that you can kind of write that up, set that contract up, somebody can borrow your things, and then it goes from there. I think they just wanna take it one step ahead before they, before they launch something like that, but they definitely are moving that direction because that's what the community is begging for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing they may want to, you know, the reason why they may not want to do it, like the Pegaxi model and like the Splinterlands model, is because they probably really want to keep the sentiment and community mm -hmm. that guilds have created kind of yes. intact, yes. right? They may want to do it where, you know, guilds, there's like a guild hub and guilds can rent out the cards. They don't want it to be entirely decentralized where it's person to person. Right. You know, I think they, they want the guild infrastructure there to stay. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, it's crazy how much overlap there is between Pegaxi and Axie. It's like, oh, it's sure. like every single person I see is, is playing both of them. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting because they're, they are different games. Um, mm -hmm. They're, they're really different and kind of just different fundamentally. So I've always wondered why they're, they're so overlapped. Do you, do you have an idea? Uh, well, a lot of, I mean, from, from crypto Twitter on my end, um, 
it's a lot of Axie managers that did move over to Peg Axie as well. Corey, Corey Wilton, who's leading uh, the game, also runs an Axie scholarship himself. Like it's a smaller one, but like it's it's very intertwined. And they they've openly admitted that they've taken a lot of information from Axie and what they've done and tried to improve it in, you know, in whichever ways they can. And uh, funny enough, they said that they were hoping there'd be more games already out that's doing this so that they can learn from each other. They were kind of in the spot of being like, you know, the first to, to piggyback off uh, Axie Infinity's experience. And I'm sure the next games are going to piggyback off, off both of them. Yeah, more, I, think, I, th I think the renting is a huge, huge, huge mechanic for watching yeah. games just because the, the barrier to entry is such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and it basically cuts it out. Um, and it's, it's really awesome to see. I know. Speaking of barrier to entry, that that always was a big thing. That's kind of what pushed scholarship models and renting models, of course. Um, but I'm very excited for Origins. That's going to launch at the end of the month, hopefully. And there's going to be some free to play axes. So there'll be literally no barrier of entry to at least start playing the game uh, and playing it pretty well, I'm assuming, uh, before making an investment. So that should be cool. Yeah. Origins is going to be... Uh a game changer in terms of folks who are looking to get their toes wet, but don't want to fully invest. Um, yeah. And we'll get there. We'll get mm -hmm. there. Oh, oh boy. We're, we're going to talk about it. Cause they've, they've actually been putting out some really interesting stuff uh, in the past few days, especially this week. Um, but before, before we focus on Axie infinity, I want to, I'm going to look back at you, Travis, a little bit here. So I've noticed uh, your big platforms are Twitch, Twitter, and uh, discord. Um, how has each of your time on these been helping your growth as a creator? You've got an impressive Twitter following, uh, especially in the Axie community as well. Um, that It's fantastic to see. Uh, your Twitch has a great following as well. Uh, you know, going live, playing Axie Infinity, especially on pl a platform that does no service to any creator in terms mm -hmm. of discoverability. I mean, that's most of them these days, right? But, you know, how have these been helpful for your growth and uh, do you follow a, cons a consistent schedule as a Twitch streamer? Yeah. So uh, as of now, as a Twitch streamer, I Twitch, I, I Twitch, I stream on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Okay. Um, at the peak of Axie Infinity, I was streaming every every day, Monday to Friday. Now I started streaming not because I had a dream of becoming a streamer. Uh, to be honest, I had to learn OBS and all that stuff on the spot. Um, I was doing it more to help players specifically my scholars in playing the game um, since I had experience of it already about a year before we really started our scholarship program I could give tips and tricks and answer questions and give reviews um, and at the same time you know people have a face to the name of the uh, of the guild and could maybe feel more welcome to join join our community so it was mostly for that so I was never really pushing for to be, you know, affiliate and then, you know, and get my little check mark there. It was really yeah. just to help the community. And just with the hype, it really, it really built up. Um, where I mostly stay is Twitter. I do love Twitter. I love thoughts. I love sharing my thoughts, seeing other people's thoughts, getting a little bit of alpha wherever I can. And then as far as our Discord, that is my co-founder, Ryan. He he owns that. That is his, that is his baby. That is his pet. That is his, yeah, that's his home. So gotcha. he runs that mostly and I'm just popping in to, to help people out. Twitter is my bread and butter personally back. And it's so funny back in the day, it really wasn't. Um, yeah. I, I really didn't embrace it fully. And then it wasn't until I dipped my toes into 
the competitive scene for Pokemon, and then that's where it took off. Once I found out that's where the people who I wanted to play against and play with were, that's where I went. And Mm. so I feel like it's very similar for the NFT and crypto communities. Once you figure out that that's where the community really is, then you just start diving in. You start chasing alpha. You start, you know, trying to figure out what exactly I can get into. And uh, Mm. last night we were actually in a Twitter space with a smaller Twitter spaces creator, which... I didn't even think about that, you know, there are people who are identifying themselves as Twitter space creators, right? Like that to me is crazy because let's, let's all think back to last year when Twitter spaces did not exist Yeah, because the app clubhouse comes out of Mm -hmm. nowhere. It's Mm -hmm. this exclusive app that you can only be invited to if someone refers you. And then when's the last time you've heard people talking about clubhouse being a place to go? Not at all, because Twitter said, well, we've got the social platform, so we're going to put our own version of Clubhouse on there, and then Clubhouse can just go rot in in the App Store because, you know, it doesn't have any social features. It's horrible to navigate. It's just not good, and it's not as as accessible as Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, Facebook has attempted to recreate this as well. Um, but you know, Twitter is, has really become king in terms of Twitter spaces, an audio listening platform for people to tune in, uh, listen to people, share their ideas, share their thoughts. But instead of seeing that written down in a 244 character tweet, uh, they're able to see that or really listen to it, uh, which is just a whole other way of experiencing the platform. And so, yeah, uh, I'm with you there, Travis. You know, uh, sometimes we we go into these social platforms and we don't expect to to grow. We don't expect to use them in a way that uh, over time kind of just, you know, changes your brand or changes the way you approach things. But I'm so glad that you found a way to be able to connect with your scholars that's not not just in a Word document, not just in texting, but rather communicating and connecting with them uh, with your face and 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 with a uh, with a platform that is there partially for that reason. Twitch is there for people to watch other gamers game, learn from them, uh, see how high and how far they can go, and that's truly uh, to me what you've been doing by yourself and with your uh, with your guild. And uh, you know we you guys were included. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jacob, but you guys were included in our Battle of the Guilds tournament this past Saturday, and it shows the Generation Axie Guild has gone has gone the heights and is still breaking the ceilings that get in your way as you go along here. And one reason for that is because you have spent so much time on Twitter and you know doing what you've been doing now. I love live streaming. It's great. But statistics show that people are way more likely to go back and view VODs. So, yes, you can go back onto Twitch. You can view VODs and stuff like that. I did a little bit of digging. I didn't see a YouTube channel. Do you have a YouTube channel? Is there a reason against a YouTube channel? What are the thoughts there? Um, yeah. So, it was funny because at, at my peak streaming times, um, people were asking me if I could just even just repost some of the stream on YouTube or, and I was even watching some of my streams being rewatched by a lot more people than were actually watching it live. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, people rewatching or suggesting it. So I did have the, the thought of doing it. I don't have a YouTube channel really. Um, I think it's more because of the, the time. Um, 
Uh, I'm personally not the best video editor. Of course, it's a skill I can learn, just like we all learn different things pretty quickly, uh, especially in this space. But I wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was something I wanted to dedicate my time because kind of when I start a project, I want to keep it consistent. I don't want it to kind of just grow and die. So we're recoming to the the idea, um, but we're, we're not there yet. So we just stick with the live streams for those that that need the live stream. And we'll see if we can make some actual content video or edit it well enough to be to be kind of places a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's It's hard. Video editing is not easy. I myself... I've learned all of it myself. You know, mm -hmm. no one sat me down and said, "Hey Ryan, this is how you run OBS or uh, this is how you video edit. This is how you do this quick shortcut here in Adobe Premiere Pro." I mean, it takes time, it takes effort, and it's just not easy. Now over mm -hmm. time once you learn how to do this process, it just becomes the flick of a switch and boom, you get a video out. You know, you know how quick it takes me now to to trim a clip from our stream on Twitch, sure. get it onto my computer, make uh, something that we can put out into onto our Twitter. Probably less than ten minutes, but That's you know dope. what? Uh, back in the day, it take me thirty minutes, take me up to an hour trying mm -hmm. to figure out the sequencing, how it should look, how it should be. You know how it how is it going to be appealing to someone as they're scrolling through Twitter? You're searching for alpha, but are you going to stop on my video if it doesn't look good? Probably mm -hmm. not, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that, you know, is a learning process that as a creator like yourself and with the guild, over time, you're going to learn. And, you know, these scholarship programs, they're focused on people getting axes. But, hey, it's a back and forth street. And I could sit, I could just see this in the future. You never know who you're going to bring on as a, bring on as a scholar that could offer some great trade yeah. back, back, uh, back and forth with you in terms of video editing um, and stuff like that. Luckily, though, I will tell you this one one tip and trick ski for me uh, right here. Another Ryan to help you out. Um, you can, uh, you know, go into video editor on Twitch. And mm -hmm. if you if you simply if you want to be lazy and you simply want to do this pretty easy, save yourself time, go into the video producer, video editor on Twitch, click export to YouTube. You can make it private. Go to your YouTube channel, change the title, change the description. You don't even have to give it a, a you know, clip art uh, if, if you don't want to make that take the time. It's going to generate one for you. Getting your VOD posted to YouTube could be, you know, two, three, four, five, even ten hours. You don't have to do anything except click export when it's ready. It'll be on there. It'll be posted. It's basically no work on your end. And at the end of the day, people get to go back and watch your entire VOD because sometimes they're not awake in the morning. I know we were yeah. talking before the stream. You usually like to do an 8.30 to 10.30 stream. I'm going to be honest with you, Travis. My ass ain't getting out of bed that early yeah. to sit yeah. down on my computer, to pull up my phone on Twitch and view you. You're a great guy. You seem awesome. Okay? And I want to learn more about Axie, but there's no way in hell yeah. I'm yeah. getting up that early to watch yeah. you in the morning. I'm not a morning guy. Okay? Yeah. But you know what? When I'm having my afternoon brunch, having a little some munchies, okay, maybe a Sandy, whatever, I could hop on to some Travis Axie, okay? Watch a VOD from the previous night before because I know I know that you're consistently going to be posting VODs to That's your true. YouTube so that I can go back and check on that, right? Yeah. And so as the in the future here, you never know when you can do that because those VODs over time will get deleted on Twitch. And yeah, then people that. can – yeah, that's the thing. Uh, a couple weeks go by, a month goes by, those get deleted. So – Say to yourself, if I'm going to do a revolutionary stream, I got to save that stuff, mm. you know? 
Anyway, yeah. sorry, that's enough of my rant. That's just me trying to it's help a, it's out. It's a but... fair point. I'm definitely is definitely edging me to uh, to figure that all out even right after this call. <laughs> yeah. So you know, if you stream so early in the morning, are most of your viewers in the same time zone as you, or do you um, do that to kind of vary your your audience? Yeah. So most of uh most of our scholars and viewers are from the Philippines. So where I'm at, and I think where we're at, because I think we're in the same time zone, it's a it's a 13 hour difference now, I think with daylight savings, either 12 or 13 hour difference. So my, and I remember asking them, when is the best time for you guys? And a lot of them said it would be after dinner, like after dinner, they kind of want to wind down, relax. So for them, my 830 in the morning is actually, it used to be 830 in the evening for them. I told them I can't go earlier than that. I can't be <laughs> 730 uh, <laughs> to start the stream. So, so it was mostly for them. Um, while I was in Switzerland, it was like a four hour difference or five hour difference. So I'd be doing it in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of just keeping, I was trying to keep consistent uh, with that. Um, but I, yeah, that's, that's mainly the reason I am. I did try an evening stream once because I, I streamed after Axie chat and uh, I felt a lot more tired. So I also realized that, you know, first thing in the morning I got, I'm a morning person. So I have some energy. I can get it done. Have Must some nice. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, have some fun with the with the viewers. Okay, yeah, that's and that's an important note, Jacob. I'm glad you brought that up. There's a huge following for Axie Infinity in the Philippines, and yeah. you know, I welcome that. Really, I love the international reach that Axie can have because for me and the Pokemon community, that's what it's all about. You know, I love getting to know people from all over the states, all over the world, mm -hmm. because the more people you know, the better. Really, I, I don't think there's any negative. I mean, Travis. The next time you go to the Philippines, right, let's say you need to meet up with some fans for whatever, right? I mean, it might be possible. I'm just saying yeah, you can yeah. hit up a local cafe with the fans in the Philippines and go crazy, okay? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. listen, I'm going to go crazy with my friends over in Europe uh, when the day comes and I say, okay, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to party with my Pokebros, okay? That's yeah. what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I view this kind of in the same way is that, you know, internet life is is one thing but getting to know people over time know viewers know your community it really can pay off in dividends in ways that you don't even know that show up later so 100 yeah uh there's like like you kind of mentioned you, you never know even some of these uh the scholars uh what kind of talents they have like we have amazing artists in our in our guild and we've had we've commissioned some of them to do some art for us um, I even asked one to to make an art of me and my girlfriend for like a gift. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really, really well done. Like it's it's like a custom artist for you right there. And uh, it's it's really cool relationships. There's there's we even have a few that are uh, programmers and they created a whole game for us. And I was the main me and Ryan were the main characters. I know it's very like it's not super developed. You can kind of jump and r run around. Uh -huh. But I'm like, wow, that is some talented people we have here um and it's just all grouped together all all a great you know loving community and just to know that if something was really needed in that field that we'd have somebody that we can contact it's pretty cool everyone's got something else that they're doing on the side at yeah. all times you know yeah. it, it may look like to you that i don't touch grass and i sit here and i do my job at zen sports but really i'm also a professional actor entertainer singer oh, nice. all this other yeah. stuff too right it's all this different stuff that's going on. You never know what's going on behind behind the screen. For all I know, Jacob could be a, a soccer star down there in Miami, hitting up mm -hmm. the local pickup games and just scoring goals on on young kids and just you know just absolutely dominating them in in the sport of soccer. I don't know that. Okay, that's not mm -hmm. for sure. 
That's not for sure. But I'm just saying, the talents of the community that are, are in front of you are the best thing you can do. Especially, I'm sure you know this, as a guild as and as a company, right? Us at Zen Sports, we're always looking for ways to include community members in what we're doing. It's one of the biggest things that we want to do. And so I'm sure for you and your guild, uh, it's it's the same thing. And re that is such a great story. I, I love that so much. To be able to reach out to someone in the guild and be like, hey, I know you're a custom artist. I'd love to commission you. I've personally done that within the Pokemon community. I'm like, yeah. hey, I need some art done for my Twitch channel. Is there anyone mm -hmm. in the community that I can hit up that I know, that I can trust? Like, I want the money to go to someone that I know that can help them, that sort of thing. And that's, that's just one of the best things about it, personally. Mm -hmm. I, I even really feel like what's a cool thing is like my general thought is in this day and age, I don't think artists get as much love in kind of the capitalist society that we live in. Yeah. And what's cool with the crypto and NFT space, I guess, since a lot of money has been generated for a lot of people, there's a reappreciation for art. And, and, and it's really cool to see. And I hope, I hope it stays and can kind of go towards that direction because there's a lot of talented people there that don't kind of get the, the love that they deserve in, in my opinion yeah i think i think crypto is huge for art uh, yeah. because it's it's all digital right the, the possibilities are so mm -hmm. endless as to what you can create uh whether it's animated whether it's with crazy colors that people have never seen before uh i think i think crypto is going to do a lot for art you know it already has already i mean look yeah. at axie i i never in my life would i think i, I would have seen something as as cute and also maybe sometimes as as chilling as as an axie with some unique features right um i just to me, it's it's crazy, but okay, Travis, you've done a good job getting me off off track here. Oh, you know, I was trying to I've I've deep dived, and then all of a sudden I come back to the surface, and that's okay. We need a breath of fresh air. It's fine. I love it, but you can't get past the dive or diving deep into the depths of what we've got going here. Let's let's go to the darkest depths. Yeah, bring it on. He says, bring it on. Well, now now we start. We start hitting the hard-hitting nails that aren't going into the plank of wood that refuses to be pierced. Well, here we go. Axie is one of the most well-known blockchain-based games, and it's continuing to grow with an active user base that continues to astound people on a day-by-day -day basis. This is a fact. So with this, can a game like Axie truly get to the heights of AAA title publishers that are declared as official esports. Axie Origins wants to take away the barrier for entry. We'll get to that in a moment. But can Axie truly be considered an esport within, let's say, the next decade? In short, within the next decade, yes. Yes. I, to give it a decade, yeah, I think so. Because um, I think there's a lot that's going to be developed in it. And there's going to be multiple games. I think that's the point of Infinity. Mm -hmm. And one of those are definitely going to catch the more AAA, you know, esports side. Um, I think I think esports is expanding as a whole. Like a lot of things are becoming esports that you wouldn't typically think was an esport. Um, so with with the with the description broadening, I think Axie can find its place. I mean, even if you think about it, there are pro players in esports that that climbed the or it, pro players in Axie that climbed the leaderboards. Um, but to, I still I just still don't think it's esports ready now. Triple A, um, I mean, we have to see how the game develops. Um, but with land with with Origins, I think when all that merges, I think it's 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 possible. It's definitely possible. 
I, th I think the new games that are going to come out will be the ones that can push Axie to the next level. Yeah. Right. We saw Axie work hard, which, you know, I don't know if there's really a AAA racing game. I would say Rocket League. It's not racing, but it's kind of fits the mold. Mario but, Kart. Okay, well, is Mario Kart a AAA esports title? I mean, Mario Kart, does that have an esports scene? You know, probably not that. There actually is an uh, an e-racing scene. I actually... Okay have dived into that in the past there's there is like an official level uh racing scene online but it's to you know to be on the popularity of like valorant league of legends and stuff you know i feel like mario kart has to be probably like the biggest one mostly mm. because they had a gotcha game that was released last year via mobile which was super hyped up right remember that the gotcha mario kart game and so you know it, it was random on what cart you would get but uh, they brought it to mobile. I think that's mm. I think that's big enough for sure. Yeah, I know F one racing is actually huge, uh, and I think they do it well enough where that you know at the very start of COVID they actually had a, had a tournament or a race where half of the players were Twitch streamers and the other half were actual NASCAR drivers who just basically realized this game is so realistic. I can take the lessons I've learned from being a you know, an actual driver and, and carry it over. And I think the results were not as uh, kind of staggered as you might expect, right? It was kind of even, which is, you know, absolutely unbelievable uh, that a game is, is that kind of uh, realistic. I remember one time at an arcade in Minneapolis, I played like, a, this was a long time ago, but they had a room and they had a bunch of old NASCAR cars and it was like a video game, right? There was a projector screen in front of your car. And when you got in an accident, the car like shook and everything, it was crazy. So, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, not really related to Axie and, and it developing into an eSport, but still pretty cool. I mean, it could, it could, you know, an Axie could pop out and bite you in real life. You, you just never know, you know, who yeah. knows? But like Clash Clash of Clans and Clash Royale went kind of eSport. And I know there's even some, some type games that are going to be built, like some similar games that are going to be built using axes as well so i just think it just needs to develop more because even then like even then a lot of these games there's like a pick and ban you know there's like more deeper strategy to it and it's just it's just not there yet but it's definitely possible i think mm -hmm. and yeah with the position it has and the funding that they've received um if they can execute it then i think it's it's yeah it's very possible it's i see it very similar to riot what they're doing with uh kind of all of their ips right, right? You know, they've taken League of Legends. They've now got Wild Rift. They've got TFT. Mm -hmm. uh, Auto Chess blew up a couple years ago, and it's it's been going ever since. And so, uh, yeah, I see Axie following along in these footsteps. And, you know, they definitely have the user base for it. And it's just I feel like you're right. I think it's going to keep growing. they got to keep producing all these different games uh, with your Axie, which is which is so cool. The, the ability to, to, you know, take one Axie and then translate that over to different games is incredible and i love that idea and i'm very excited to see where it's going to go for yeah. future holders because i i think it's just a way to you know to uh, to reward people like yourself travis who have you know have been maybe not the earliest of supporters but are now uh holders of lots of different axes and they might you know let's see how they translate over but 
talking about translating over Axie Origins. So we've been discussing this with the many creators that have been coming on here from when they first announced it to now they're starting to show off cards, mm -hmm. right? Uh, this past week, they've been doing these hilarious illustrations on their Twitter account. They're just, they, it's like a one liner and then like such a descript photo of an Axie doing something to another Axie or just something hilarious. And I kind of want to get your take on this. I mean, give us your thoughts on what they've revealed so far. I, I know they've, they've shown, mouth back and tail traits so far yep. is that correct yep yep exactly and uh, now see this this is this is my bread and butter i'm the tactical analysis you know accounting guy while well, my co-founder is the creative community engagement guy so when i see those cards it's just combinations just rolling my head and possibilities and trying to figure things out before they actually come out now obviously we can just wait another week or two and figure out some more cards but <laughs> my mind is just rolling like what combinations could work what you know from what i know of this current game and the rumors and little things that I've been able to scoop out of how the new game is going to be played, like what is optimal. Now I haven't gone out and bought axes that I think are going to be, you know, good in origin just yet. I think I'm going to wait to pull the trigger for those, but, um, but it seems very exciting. The gameplay seems uh, a lot different uh, and exciting fast pace. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I just can't wait. Yeah. So Axie origin. Is it a completely new game, kind of like what the APKs are or the, the SDK? I can't remember what the acronym is, SDK. but is it a completely new game or is it, you know, replacing Axie? You know, what's the deal there? So for as far as I know, and I think what was written in, in, in their announcement, um, the, they're going to have a season zero with version with V3 where you'll be able to play and there'll be no earning potential and it'll be running alongside V2. So you can continue to earn SLP playing V2, but you can also try V3. And I think depending on the results of that season zero, they might still have one more blank season, or they might kind of integrate the earning potential in V3 and somewhat replace uh, the game. Now, it's called V3 because there's also a version before the current version today where it was an auto battler. And as you can see now, there's you can't you can't play the auto battler anymore. It's almost as if let's say Splinterland was to make it not an auto battler anymore and have more of an interaction, right? Like it's another version and then they kind of just scrap the older one. So it's a different game. It's slightly different. And I think it'll eventually just replace the current version we have today. Yeah. So I know Splinterlands is actually moving away from the auto battler there, you know, so, so Splinterlands did their big land drop maybe a year ago. Got a little bit uh, on and, that. Yeah. Well, you're lucky. <laughs> it's funny. Maybe like, Five months ago, oh gosh, someone sold a tract, which is a hundred land plots for like thirty dollars. It was crazy, and it was it was it's worth like seven hundred k. Yeah, they sold it for thirty dollars. Oh my gosh, it's like it's like some, someone the guy who sold a boarded yacht club for a hundred USD instead oh of a hundred E. That is that is tough luck. Yeah. Um, but going back to Axie and the relationship between these new games that are coming out, right? Will these new games? utilize the stats on the axes mm -hmm. in ways that you know create a similar competition model that axie currently has right and actually work hard is the health of an axie going to matter is the morale going to matter is it good for that to be a part of the ecosystem mm -hmm. is that going to add kind of more value overall you know let's say there's a meta axie for origins but then there's meta axes for work hard. you know what are your thoughts there as to the best way for that to be done yeah i think the way that uh, some of these games are going is that 
they're not necessarily looking at the stats of the axie, but more the parts of the axie. And I think they're basing a lot of things just simply on the, the maybe the shape of the axie, the parts of the axie, and any little details like that and building from there. Something as uh, specific as stats, I think could be adjusted quite a lot to fit different games because I don't think every model, every game model would fit those stats, but they can make things from the parts. So even V3, um, actually they, they adjust how stats are in V3 where every Axie has the same base health. And then you'll be able to use charms and runes to buff your Axie. And depending on what type of Axie is the different types of charms and runes you can do. So if you have a tankier Axie, then you can use tankier charms and it'll be a, mm. you know, it'll be a tank, right? But it's base health is still going to be the same as everything else. And I've, I think I saw a game called uh, Ugami Conquest, which is trying to be a MOBA for Axie Infinity. And the four body parts are the four attacks of the Axie with the tail being the special or the, the super or the ultimate mm -hmm. or whatever. So they're just using the art and the, the blockchain parts and building from there. And I think that's going to be really cool because there'll be some axes that in some games are almost useless while in other games, they're, they're the meta axie. So the floor of axes would kind of be always turned and it won't be just one set of axes that are good and one set that just are terrible in all games. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that's interesting. It's really, you know, with blockchain games, it's tough to balance yeah. uh, the, you know, what's ingrained in the NFT and then how does that translate to the kind of the, the second layer stats and charms and all that that exists kind of in the interface of the game. And then Axie has added a whole new element where there's not just one game, right? There's there's yeah. multiple games. So you've got to balance the the stats of the cards with the, you know, second layer items and then you're doing that with, with multiple games so it, it's going to be really really interesting to see how it you know gets set up and then what decisions actually makes to optimize kind of the economy of the game because that at the end of the day that's what they need to do right exactly. they need the economy to to flourish because of these new games um so i'm actually really looking forward to seeing how it all kind of shapes well there's one last thing i want to talk about here with you travis and with jacob as well this past weekend, Zensports hosted our first official Axie mm. event. They gave us permission to run Axie Infinity tournaments, and we could not have been more excited for an event, but we knew that we could not come out with just a bunt. No, we had to go out with a home run, really a grand slam. Jacob really <laughs> took this under his wing, hit it out of the park, and every guild showed up. The production team showed up as well. I was there twiddling my thumbs, trying to help out the best I could, but my influence was minimal compared to the to the influence of your guild, Jacob, and everybody else. So, as I've asked everybody else, I want to get your take on this, Travis. What sort of precedent does an event like this set for guild v. guild events for the future? Uh, what has it set for the community going forward? Because, you know, as we chatted with folks... Yes, there are tournaments that occur around the world, tons of them happening in South America and the Philippines as well. We've talked with the Axiopolis Axi Guild some many podcasts ago now, and uh, Tiago, one of the co-founders of that guild, was telling us about, you know, hey, there are tournaments going on, but there really isn't anything like this. So for you and Generation Axie, um, you know, going forward, would you participate in another Guild v. Guild event? Um, should there be more? Should there be less? Or should they be more collaborative between guilds? Uh, Jacob, I know, has been working uh, furiously for our next event coming up, too. And so I'm, I'm curious what your take is. 
Yeah. Um, first off, I'd like to say thank you so much for inviting us uh, to, to the guild uh, uh, battling event, the Battle of the Guilds event. Uh, we had so much fun. Our scholars had so much fun. I was watching. I was, I was like nail biting, looking for who made it, who, who can keep pushing. Um, it was it was absolutely great. And I think uh, I mean, from from our perspective, too, I think it's great that you guys were able to, to have such a good event and have it so successful. Um, the, the one issue that we we have is that we get DM'd a lot of a lot of different events and things that happen. And we have to sift through if it's actually going to happen, if it's a scam, do we want to put our name to something like this? And for you guys to run such a great uh, weekend event, like we would be happy to join anything else that you guys run. And I think getting a lot of the good guilds uh, involved also shows to the community that these guys are legit and, you know, they definitely have fun. And I'm sure all the guilds would be happy to join anything else. And you could even maybe even expand it to even more. And it, it, it opens up the door to other guilds that maybe are a little less, you know, risky yeah. uh, to get their name out there can definitely join. So we're very excited. We, we had a fun time. Um, we even... Our, our guild is community driven, not necessarily competitive driven. Um, and that's why some of some of our scholars, they played so well. We didn't even give them the meta, like they don't have the meta axes. And they yeah. were just, oh man, it was so beautiful to see. Uh, we want to open up in, in, within our guild, especially after this tournament, a specific group for for um for event goers, kind of the the the, the battlers. We might we had a name like tactical elites or something like that, okay, you know, yeah. to kind of to tag them as, hey, if, if there's going to be an event, we're going to send these guys. They're our warriors. They'll represent <laughs> us. Um, and that's from your event. So, like, it's it's super encouraging. It's super cool. If you guys are planning more, definitely do almost exactly how you're doing or just take it one step further if you can. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really, really exciting. And I think it really it livens up the community. And, um, and definitely, yeah, it's definitely cool to see. Uh, Travis, yeah. I gotta ask uh, Jacob before you keep going here. What was it to you guys uh, with with our reach out? I don't know if it was you or Ryan that Jacob reached out to, but what was it about us reaching out that to you said, okay, let's give this a shot. We think this can be legitimate and actually happen. Do you, if you remember? Yeah. Um, well, you, you reached out to Ryan, or Ryan got the DM first, and then he sent it to me, and we were kind of he's like, so you know. What are, you, what are you thinking? Uh, you know, we gave it a look. And I think uh, I think he's better at sifting through BS than me. Um, so uh, yeah. whatever conversations you had with Ryan Jacob, definitely crossed through his BS meter. And that's why he sent it to me. So I'd say it was mostly that conversation. And it was kind of me just double checking, verifying. And then also us checking with our players of who wants to participate do we have people that want to participate and how much of a list and we did actually have quite a few people that wanted to participate so it, it was that and i think you guys you guys handled it pretty professionally as far as talking and setting things up and planning things out so um so yeah it was yeah it was really really cool to see i gotta say it was a lot of dms is what got the guilds to uh to join in uh you know linking to past mods that we had done i think you know G ga was early to commit uh, I think having Super Whale kind of there initially, you know, we we got in contact with Hantau and uh, had some some great talks. So he he actually helped out a ton kind of uh, during the event because it was our first actually tournament. You know, we started playing, trying to spectate matches live, and quickly realized how hard that is to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we actually had a mock tournament all set up. Unfortunately, uh, the team that was running the mock tournament got the time wrong. That actually it ended up being a bigger deal than I realized at the time. But uh, you know, we did get it going and learned so much from this first event that I think the next one will be awesome. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, you touched on it a little bit, 
but I really do want to find a way to get it to be more kind of where the guild mates work together, right? Because this was the battle of the guilds, but at the end of the day, it was a 64 player tournament where eight, eight, you know, six, eight of eight, it was eight players from each guild, right? That's, but at the end of the day, it was still a 64 player tournament on a bracket. But if we can figure out some mechanics where, you know, let's say each guild only has, you know, 10 axes to use and they have to right. kind of swap them in and out between team players, something like that. And I've been bouncing around ideas with, you know, actually some players, that's, that's what I love to do is just DM with players and asking them, will this be fun? What do you think about this? I haven't actually found the perfect formula yet for, you know, a way that we can make it more interactive and more, you know, com like working together with your guildmates, but that's the goal for the next event, right? Is so to have it to be, yeah. Yeah, from what I've heard from other tournaments, because I think a lot of people are having the same issue. Now the game is going to change really soon too. So I don't know if you want to be setting it up more for V3 for the next tournaments. But from things that I've, I've heard from just being on Twitter and, and hearing different things, there's a guild that provided all the same axes to every, to, to every guild. They kind of gave a pool and, and the players can play from that pool. So it was kind of standardized in that way. Problem with that is speed becomes a factor and ID of the axie becomes a factor. But it was a way to try to balance that out. Um, another one wanted to try to do it where all three um, guild mates, for example, are on the same team and you have to knock out the other three. So the first two face uh, and if it gets knocked out, the second person gets to face that and that person can't change their team. And it's kind of like a, a back and forth uh battling so you kind of feel i guess you're on your team and if you can knock out the other team like that is something that i i don't know if it was executed or maybe it's ziori the esports lead of axie that was mentioning it but there is that because i think that's how clash of clans or clash royale does it um i'm not too sure but i think so so there's, there's yeah. little things possibly yeah we i i, I remember with that the first idea about having you know a, a set number of axes or a set pool of axes we, we toyed around with that. You know, maybe one other thing that we thought about is an Axie draft where we'll yep. we supply, you know, 150 Axies and then there's a, there's a draft that adds coolness and fun to the event, but it doesn't add, you know, communication between your guildmates and working mm. together to win as a guild. And that's what I really want. I want the guild mm. to work together and, and play yeah. as one. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard and it's a lot of thinking, but I think if, if we can come up with a way to execute it well, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. I'm sure you guys will figure it out. Oh, we will. Jacob is a master. I'll provide my insight as much as I know and as much as I can, but sometimes that's it's limited. As I as I told you beforehand, Travis, I'm uh, I'm still you know my head is still revolving around and still trying to figure out uh, everything related to Axie Infinity tokens and and NFTs within games and stuff like that. There's a lot, which is why Axie Origins to me sounds like a great way for me to kind of get invested in, into stuff because. My my knowledge of the barrier uh, of entry is is pretty low, uh, but you know I just got to take some time and really try to commit to it, which is the biggest thing. But hey, Travis, thank you so much for hop hopping on with us here today. Uh, any Pleasure. remaining talking points that you wanted to just you know say before we head off? Uh, well, I just want to say it was. Absolute pleasure. Uh, it really felt like a combo with you guys. Uh, I'm almost forgetting that I'm on a call and we're live streaming. Uh, but it's been great. Um, I'm sure we're going to be, you know, in contact throughout our journeys. Um, it's really cool. I know, I know it just, just kind of clicked in my head. Um, I think creator codes are coming out pretty soon for Axie Infinity. 
So, I mean, if you're going to join Origins and you don't have a code to enter your marketplace, I'm going to try to get one myself. So probably you could probably type in Travis Axie if I happen to get it by the time you uh, you join. That would be pretty cool. Um, uh, but yeah, but besides that, that just that was just a, a running thought. Besides Sounds that, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, hey, man, hop on the Discord. Feel free to shill, shill the code, whatever you want to do, man. I, we've got a spot for it. We've got a shill zone. I completely mm. understand. So thank you for hopping on here. Thank you to Jacob. And for all of you watching our video today, if you enjoyed what we were doing, if you're listening along on Spotify, Google Podcasts, please give us a subscribe, a follow, like this video, uh, comment down below what you want to hear from or hear about next, that sort of thing. And we'll be live next Tuesday as always. Uh, this upcoming weekend, we actually have a whitelist tournament for our upcoming NFT project. And before we go, I just want to have a couple words from Jacob here on Zen Sports. Yes. Jacob, could you help me out with this? Of course. So you, you mentioned it briefly at the end, right? We are doing a tournament exclusive to those on our whitelist uh, this weekend, this Saturday. And, you know, we were playing around with ideas of which game to do. You know, do we do Axie? Do we do Splinterlands? And we decided it's just going to be too hard, right? We have people from all games communities kind of in our whitelist and in our community. So we're actually doing really the simplest, the, the simplest game we could do. And it's called 2048. It's that game where you match wow. tiles on your screen. Mm -hmm. we're, we're running a 20, 2048 tile for $2,500. <laughs> and it's, it's all going down in the whitelist chat channel of our Discord on Saturday. Uh, there's a vote up right now for which time people want to see the tournament run at. Um, I'm actually so excited for this. You know, we started at Zen Sports running tournaments on Zenotic, right, which is an open source game. And it turns out that 2048 is also an open source game. Mm -hmm. uh, so as is Lie Chess, right, which we run our Chess, chess Road to Grandmaster series on. But, you know, I always had 2048 in my back pocket. Like, when are we going to need this game? When is it going to be like the right time to run a 2048 tournament? And, you know, we, we were playing around with running a tournament on an NFT game um, that people could play for free. But, you know, this, I think, will be so much fun. I'm really excited for it. Um, and, and, yeah, so, you know, I can link the if, – if you join our Discord, you can find the link to the whitelist application pretty easily. Uh, that's kind of the only requirement for getting into the tournament. And, you know, you're on your way to potentially winning 2,500. So Yeah, pretty easy, pretty simple, pretty beautiful, and also could be pretty rewarding. Thank you all for watching this video today, and uh, until next time, we're out. Thank you.